You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. Now I don't know if you have any phobias or fears in your life. And so I looked up the top 10 fears slash phobias off of fearof.net. Uh, that's where I got the points from. So number 10 is the fear of holes. So actual holes. So uh, uh, there's this like disease where you can have holes all over your hands. So they're literally afraid of holes. Uh, holes in a fruit. Holes in bags. They're just afraid of round circular holes. Number 9. The fear of flying. <laughs> so there's about 520 million people who are afraid of flying. The fear of germs. This is probably more for the sisters because the brothers are, you know, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> Number seven. The fear of small spaces. Number six. The fear of thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning. My auntie is afraid of lightning and thunder. She just freaks out. It's crazy. Number five. The fear of dogs. Dogs are supposed to be man's best friend. Number four. The fear of open or crowded spaces. Number three, the fear of heights. The fear of heights. You guys ever been on a roller coaster? And it just goes. I, I went on one. It just, it just creeped to the top. And then it got to the, it got to the very top, and it just held there. And it was a 90 degrees drop, and it was about seven seconds. So it's actually a long time. It's like, what's going on? Are we are we stuck? And you just go, you just go straight down. It was a lot of fun, but scary at the same time. Number two. The fear of snakes. Now, Steve says he loves snakes. There's not a lot of snakes in London. So, we may be very afraid of snakes, but we we just don't know. And number one, the fear of spiders. The fear of spiders. No? Denise is like, I'm not afraid of spiders. Have you ever... have you ever had a spider crawl like on your friend's arm or crawl on your arm? But you get it, you kill it, but then seconds later you're just like, you're twitching, you're like, what's going on? Because we're afraid of spiders. And there's many top 10 fears of, of America and government and all these kind of crazy things, but the one thing that is not on this list is the fear of God. Amen. Eugenie is there with me. The fear of God. And that's the title of the lesson today. The fear of God. Exodus 20, 20. Moses said to the people, so I will say to God's people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. And the church said, Amen. Amen. So it says the fear of God 
will keep you from sinning. Now before this, it says that God has come to test you. So there has to be testing in order for there to be a fear of God. And in order for us to stop sinning, we have to fear God and we have to be tested. Are you with me, church? So without testing, we won't really understand what a fear of God is. I'll go further. Let's go to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. My first point. Producing the fear of God. Mm. Producing the fear of God. Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist comes, he prepares a way. And in verse 21, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Wow. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son who I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And we'll stop right there. So this is taking place about 26 AD. And Jesus gets baptized. He starts praying. The Holy Spirit comes down. His father says he is proud of him, and he starts his ministry, right? And so we, we know Jesus, he got, he, he got baptized because he had to get his sins forgiven, right? No, 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 no. no. Jesus did not sin. He didn't need his sins forgiven, but he got baptized to, to give us an example of what we should do, amen? Absolutely. So let's now go to Luke chapter 4. And I said, okay, why, why did Jesus get baptized? Why did he pray? Uh, why did all this happen? Well, Luke 4, it says, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted, which also means tested, by the devil. So the devil, he, Satan tempts you. Satan tests you. Attempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. And then Satan just continues to go after Jesus, and Jesus defends his faith with the Scriptures. And in verse 13, it says, when the devil had finished all this tempting. So, the devil tempted Jesus even more. Wow. Even further. Mm. When he had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Wow. So, we see here that G- wow, Jesus fought off the temptation. Mm. Jesus fought the test. Mm. And he overcame the test. He overcame the temptation. Because we see that Satan, the devil, left Jesus until he can find it another time, right? So Jesus passed. Jesus overcame. But how? How did Jesus overcome? Well, let's go back to Luke 3. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And it says, and he was praying. Heaven was open. The Holy Spirit 
descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And we'll stop there. Right after Jesus' baptism, he was praying. Before the Holy Spirit came, came down on him, he was praying. Wow. We see that we, we, we just, it just has to be a custom. Every time we have a baptism, every time we have a miracle, we've got to pray. Every time an individual gets baptized, they've got to pray. Why? Because Satan's going to come right after. Wow. And we see that Jesus was able to fast for 40 days, yeah. be tested for 40 days. And then after that, after he it said he was hungry, Satan went after him. Mm-hmm. But he passed the test. Why? Because right after baptism, he prayed. Prayer is so important in our Christian life. Our Christian life starts with prayer. Now Jesus was definitely praying before he got baptized. But when we become a disciple, get baptized for the forgiveness of our sin, we receive the Holy Spirit. This is the start of our Christian walk. And like Jesus got baptized, he also started with prayer. We've got to start with prayer. Yes. Yes. And many of us have been baptized already. We've got to go back to prayer. Amen. You know, I'm so fired up. I'm so excited. I'm so encouraged by the brothers and sisters Friday night that went after the all-night prayer. Uh, you had uh, all the sisters, they, they went to uh, 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 the Kokoi's place, right. and they prayed all night, I think from like 11 to 4 to 5. I, I heard it was amazing. I heard that, that, that sisters was raising up and, and praying like powerful warriors right there, and I heard it was amazing. You know, I'm so proud of the sisters in the church. You know, I'm so proud and encouraged by the brothers. The brothers we, we, we met um, in Kilburn, Kilburn High Road Station. Uh, it was awesome. We got together. Then we walked all the way from Kilburn to Stratford. So we went from Kilburn to Chalk Farm to Highbury and Islington to Hackney Central, then finally to Stratford. And it was amazing. Um, even Clint came out there, man. Clint was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go break. He's like, he's like, my tube hurts, bro, but I'm here. I'm going to pray with you guys. Uh, Angelo came out and prayed. Right there. That was awesome to see Angelo. And uh, when we got to Hackney Central, you know, a few brothers were about to fall away. Uh, so we... We had to restore some of the brothers right there back to faith. And all the brothers are faithful, amen? So that's awesome. But sometimes we have those experiences in our Christian world. It, it was so, it, it's a lesson from God. Yes. Such a lesson from God. Even, learning from myself, but learning from other brothers. That even in our walk with God, we can feel like falling away. We can feel like giving up. But it's prayer that kept us going. It's the singing, it's praising God that kept us going. I'm super proud of you guys. And we see Jesus was able to resist the temptation, resist the testing, overcome the testing through prayer. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. A time of prayer. You know, I really want to challenge the church, every member, for every week. Uh, choose someone different to pray with. Amen. Just get a time of prayer with the different members in the church and just spend time. Come on, spend time man. in prayer. I really want you guys to go after that. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2. We'll go old school. At the beginning, 
chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Amen. Thank you for creation. Thank you for creating us, God. We are alive. We're living. Yeah. Verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to do what? Work. To work it and take care of it. Right? This is what we got to do in the kingdom. We got to work and take care. We got to work to make disciples. We got to take care of the disciples. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, eat from it, you will certainly die. Okay? So God gave Adam the word of God and commands. Right? Work it. Take care of it. Don't eat from the tree of good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. Right? The, this is basically the sum of what God told Adam to do. Very simple. Work it. Take care of it. Don't eat from the tree the knowledge of good and evil. Right? And we know that there was a condition if Adam ate the fruit from the tree. Right? The mango, right? No. The Bible doesn't say what fruit is. <laughs> You're right, sis. <laughs> So we see that there was a condition. The condition was death. If he ate the fruit. God said you will certainly die. Okay. So this, this, that, that was just it. So Adam was fired up about that. Because in verse 18. It said. The Lord God said. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So did Adam ask for a helper? No. no, God says, hey, I'm going to give you a helper. Yeah. So this is awesome. We see that uh, Adam was fired up to do whatever God told him to do. Yeah. Verse 19. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he could name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that mm. was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam... No suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's rib and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is my bone and my bones, the flesh and my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is why the man leaves his father and mother and is united with his wife and they become one flesh. Amen. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame and the marriage said, Amen. Amen. Gotta hit that for the marriage there. But we see here that Adam and Eve, they felt no shame. They were completely open. They were completely vulnerable. They were just like, we're here. God, this is all my imperfection, but you created us. You sold us to work. Take care of it. Don't eat from the tree. Very simple, right? And so they, they, they felt no shame. But we see, did God ask for Eve? I mean, did uh, Adam ask for Eve? No. no, God gave Adam Eve, right? So 
what I want to put is, don't ask your disciples when you can start dating. <laughs> don't even ask God when you can start dating. No, God is going to bring someone to you. God will bring that man to you, sisters. Brothers, God will bring that woman to you, brothers. Right? And you know what? God has brought brothers and sisters in the church. So let's not be looking on Facebook in another country for that right sister. No, God has placed you guys in London for a reason, right? Yeah. And I really want to challenge the, uh, uh, the singles who are single and haven't been going out on dates to go out on dates. This is the campus and the singles ministry. We really have to start going on dates and encouraging our brothers and sisters. Are you with me, church? Because when we do this, then God is like, okay, he's working. He's taking care of the daughters. See, when God sees you're taking care of his daughters, he's like, okay, he's, 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 He's going after. He's taking. He's building the kingdom of God. Yeah. God yes. will give you the right woman. Amen. Amen. And Adam and Eve. I, I believe Adam and Eve. They were just super free. Adam was fired up, naming all the animals, all these weird names. Some names are good, uh, but he was just cool. Eve was just there. She was just following Adam, and they just had a good time. I really believe that they did not have any fear at this time. There was no reason for them to have any fear. Now, there was a condition, right? Right. Don't eat from this tree, or you'll die. But because they've never eaten from this tree, they, they don't really know exactly what will happen. They just know what God told them. They weren't really afraid. They didn't have that fear. Yeah. Right? And now when we go into chapter 3, uh, 1 through 6, 1 through 7, we know what happened. That uh, uh, Satan tempted, tested mm-hmm. Eve, and Eve ate that fruit, and Adam also ate the fruit. Mm-hmm. So they ate the fruit. Yeah. Right? Remember there's a condition, yeah. and now they ate the fruit. Let's go to verse 8. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid from God, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Okay. In chapter 2 at the end, it said they, they felt no shame. After they've eaten this fruit, they had fear. Yeah. Fear overcame Adam and he hid. You know, fear only comes, well, fear only came after they ate the fruit. Now, maybe they did have some sort of other fear. Maybe they did. I'm not saying they didn't. But I'm just showing you what I've been reading. Like, wow. After they have sinned, after they went against what God said to do, they had a fear. Wow. You know, God put a, a condition on Adam and Eve, I believe, so that they would produce a fear of God. So there was a command for Adam and Eve not to break so that they would produce a fear of God. You know, God did not tell Adam before, before this point, God didn't say, Adam, fear me. Work the garden, take care of it, and don't eat from the tree, good and evil. Did he say, 
Say no, no, God didn't say fear me, right? God probably told Adam he loved him. God was like, I need to find you a, help, a suitable helper, man. Yeah. I need to take care of you. You're alone, right? God was very loving uh, um, with Adam. I totally believe it. Yeah. And God wasn't like, fear me. Fear me, Adam. No, because even in, in, uh, when, when you raise children, this is more for the parents. The parents will understand. But if you have a little nephew, a, a daughter, uh, a little sister, you'll have an understanding that you don't go to your little sister, you don't go to your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, and say, start fearing me. Mm-hmm. No. You tell them, I love you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you get them to tell you they love you as well. <laughs> even though they probably don't even know what love is. Yeah. Right? You, you're like, I, I love you. you. You encourage them. Mm. And when the, when the child is growing up, you put conditions in their life. Yes. You know, you have a, especially when you hold a little baby. You hold a little baby and you're like, oh, you're so adorable. And then, and, and she goes, pulls at your hair a bit. And you're like, oh, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't pull at your hair. And the baby's just smiling and you're just excited. And the, the baby just pulls and yanks your hair out, right? Sinning against you right there. Maybe causing you to sin, right? Come on. But we still don't, you, you see what I mean? We don't tell the baby, oh, you got to stop fearing me now. You, you see what I mean? And we, 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 but there's a condition. Hey, don't, don't touch my hair. Maybe for the, maybe for the sisters. You know, I still love you. And, and when, when the child is growing up, it, it may be a condition like, okay, son, if you touch my phone, you're going to get a spanking. Yeah. And this is the first time your son has ever heard this. First time your daughter has ever heard this. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to touch your phone. Because they're not afraid. They haven't had a spanking. They haven't had a pow-pow yet. Right? So they have no fear. They're like, I don't fear that. I don't fear this, this law. What's, this, what, what do I have to fear, right? I know dad said not to do it. Okay, maybe I won't do it today, but I'm not afraid. And hey, man, did you, I got my dad's phone as a friend. Have you ever been on your dad's phone? No. He told me not to go and go, go, it's fun, man. And then he picks up dad's phone and then he gets a spanking. And then what happens? He's afraid of dad. And we see that, wow, that fear, right? You have a fear of your parent, a fear of an adult when they discipline you, when they have a condition and discipline, right? And I believe that. Did God allow this to happen so Adam would have a fear of God? So Adam could produce a fear of God. Wow. Now we'll, we'll keep going because this fear is, it, it's a bit up and down. It's like, okay, is this really a godly fear? Is this a worldly fear? What's going on? Uh, verse 9. It says, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Right? So God asked Adam a question, a specific question. Verse 10. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Mm. Adam did not exactly answer God's question. God was like, where are you, Adam? Adam just like, oh, I hid. I was afraid. You, have you ever been at D time and you, you kind of braze over the question? You, you've had a mentoring time and uh, the, 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 the brother or sister may ask, hey, uh, where were you last night? Oh, well, you know, I went to bed at um, about 11 o'clock. Okay. Where were you? Last, I mean, you didn't tell. 
Did, were you at home when you had to be, what, what was going on? And, and we tend to avoid the question, why? Because of fear, yes. right? Adam, Adam started to have a fear. So he started to avoid the questions that God was asking him. Wow. And it's, it's, it's so, so powerful. Uh, because for the first time, I believe Adam really was afraid. He was scared. He was terrified. Um, and I know when I'm usually afraid, it's because I'm in sin. Adam, Adam knows that he's the man. Adam was there when God gave him the word and the commands. Adam knows that when he breaks the commands, surely he'll die. Adam knows that he's about to be punished. Adam knows that he deserves death, so he's hiding. He's afraid. He's, a, he's scared of God. He's scared of judgment, afraid of judgment. You know, I, I think about the time I was in middle school, uh, back in America, and uh, it was from year six to eight, and um, it was the time I was in the world, I, I had a girlfriend and whatnot, and one of her uh, close friends had did something uh, disrespectful, I didn't like it, uh, I can't remember exactly what it, what it was, um, but in school the next day, I went up to that girl, and I started yelling at her! I, I think I even cussed at it. I was like, I hate you. Ah, ah, ah. And then I rushed to class. And then when I got into class, I got so afraid. Because this girl, it was twice the size of me. I know she can take me out, beat me up. And I was scared. I was like, oh my, what am I going to do when I come out of class? I was so afraid of her punishment, of her judgment. And so right out of class, uh, I went up to her, I was like, I was just playing, I was just joking around. And she was like, oh, you better have been joking around. And I was actually not really joking around, I was super serious, but I was so afraid, I went and told a lie that I was joking, right? Fear causes us to lie. And I believe Adam told a half-truth. And a half-truth is a lie. Yes, Adam was naked. And yes, Adam probably felt a bit weird. Now he realizes he's naked. But Adam also knew he's supposed to work, take care of the garden, and not eat from the tree. He knows this. This was given to him. And he avoided the questions and started telling half-truths. You know, what's an example of a half-truth? I had a great quiet time. I had, a, I had a great Bible study. And then the next day you confess like, oh yeah bro I didn't mention I didn't have a good prayer. So you had a great Bible study but you didn't have a good prayer. Wow. But you didn't mention anything about your bad prayer. Oh bro, I had a, the most amazing prayer. It was, it was, it was so encouraging. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you're like, yeah, bro, um, I haven't been having my quiet time. Mm-hmm. Bit deceitful. Yes. And when I, was, when I looked at this, I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've told a lot of half-truths. Yeah. I've hidden a lot of my sin. Mm-hmm. The small sin. Not having great prayers. Not, not, not digging into my Bible, and I don't say anything about it. Why? Because I read. Because I prayed. But I didn't realize, wow, I'm actually lying to myself of where I am at spiritually. 
That's why God asks, where are you? Well, I was naked, so I hid. Yeah, but where are you? Adam, Adam Adam didn't say, yeah, I broke your command. Verse 11. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Another uh, two questions. Very simple questions. Who told you that you were naked? That's a one word answer. Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Yes or no? Verse 12. The man said, the woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate. Wow. Didn't really answer the question. Who told you you were naked? Uh, The woman gave me the fruit. Yeah, but who told you? Have you eaten from the tree? And he kind of answered that, but he pushed the blame all on the woman. Mm -hmm. All on Eve. And it's like, wow. I've got to ask a lot more questions. To see where people are really at. In Bible studies, in discipleship times, even in hangout times, gotta ask direct questions. And we see Adam up up until her. Adam, I'm sure Adam is freaking out. Adam is probably shaking. He's afraid. He's not worried about what Jesus or what God has said. He's not worried about the questions. He's worried about the judgment. Because breaking the command of God is death. Adam was afraid of punishment. So he, that's what he was focused on. But we know in Matthew 5.37, we know if you're being an, asked a yes or no question, and you don't answer simply yes or no, yeah. it's from Satan. That's right. yes. And we know Satan's behind this because Satan got them to eat the fruit. And Satan is still lurking in there. Yes. Don't think Satan has left. No, Satan is, is he's, he's going after Adam. Yeah, Adam, blame it on Eve. Blame it. Blame it on Eve. Oh, he's a mean guy. He's going to punish you. In Adam's ear, right? Satan is still there. Satan is still lurking around Adam. You know, Adam was producing a fear of God. And we'll go further and explain. A fear of God was producing in Adam. He was building a a, a fear of, wow, I deserve death. A fear of, I'm going to be punished. A fear of, whoa, I don't deserve what I'm doing. You know, we usually have this fear when we first start studying the Bible. There's a fear of eternal judgment. There's a fear of, hey, we deserve hell. We work for hell. And because we're so afraid, we want to be right with God. So we make it our ambition to be right with God. This is, this is okay to have. A fear of God. People in the world don't like this. To, to fear judgment. Yeah, you better fear judgment because you deserve it. Right? We teach our children to fear judgment. Why can't you fear judgment? Of course you can. And this is, this is good. Now we know there's other types of fear. Uh, for God and of God, fear of, of, of messing up your relationship that you have with God. Yeah. The fear of hurting God's feelings. Yeah. I don't know if you, you're, you ever have a friendship or a dating relationship, a marriage, and 
you have a fear of doing something bad that will mess your relationship up with mm -hmm. your spouse or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or your friend, right? So you know if you sleep around with another woman, you're gonna hurt your relationship with uh, your wife. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the fear of hurting your relationship yeah. with, with, with your wife, it's so big that you don't even think about sleeping with another woman. Mm -hmm. It's the same way with God. The fear of losing our relationship with God makes us not even think about committing adultery, make us not even think about going to masturbation and pornography, wow. right? And that's the fear of God wow. that is being produced in Adam. You know, I want to challenge the church just to allow the fear of God to be produced in your life through your ups and through your downs. Don't get bitter at your ups and downs. Don't have an attitude at your ups and downs. Don't just be joyful about your up and be very down about your downs. You're not growing and you're not learning. Right? You, you, we have to really understand, wow, okay, there's a lesson. I need to fear God when something great is happening. Come on. I need to fear God when there's a baptism. I need to fear God when He gives me something that I want. Mm. You better fear God because we don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. We better fear God when something doesn't go our way. Mm. God is trying to tell you, He's trying to teach us something, amen? Amen. Allow our ups and downs to produce the fear of God. So let's go to verse 21. It says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And this is, is, is really good. So that the next point is the fear of God produces the love of God. And God spared Adam and Eve through animal sacrifice. So even way from the beginning... God had sacrificed animals, right? Because they actually deserved death. So the animals died and provided them with animal skin to clothe them, right? Mm -hmm. God spared us through the blood of Christ. There's a sparing, right? And God understood Adam was learning how to fear him. How to have a fear, a healthy fear of God. Because we learn in, in Genesis 4 that, you know, they had children, Adam and Eve. They weren't critical. They weren't upset that they're not in the garden anymore. They weren't bitter at God. They weren't mad at God. But they taught their children, hey, work, take care, multiply. And that's what they taught their children. Now, some of their children messed up. Amen. That's their children's fault. But that, that's, that was what they taught. They taught what God taught Adam from the beginning. And which shows like, wow, Adam produced a fear of God because he broke his, the command, but a fear of God was being produced in his life. And that fear of God turned into an awe of God, a love of God, a respect of God, a wow of God. Like, wow, Adam saw the mercy that God had on his life. Adam saw the mercy from God. And that helped him to love God. The fear of God should keep us from sinning. Fear of eternal judgment. Fear of messing up your relationship with God. Fear of hurting God's feelings. God has feelings. But understand the mercy that you are alive today. Yeah, should help you produce the love of God. 
A fear of God produces the love of God. Adam's fear, again, turned into the love of God. If we miss our Bible studies with God in the morning, it shows that we don't fear God. It shows that we don't love God if we don't fear God. If we miss our prayer times in the morning, it shows that we don't fear God, which means we don't love God. If we don't share our faith, that totally means you don't fear God. And that means you don't love God. Where there's no fear, there's no love. If you don't teach our children to fear God, and also to fear discipline in the sense of good behavior, they won't really grow up to love. They will have such a worldly view of love. You know, I I really want to challenge the church, not just the parents, uh, because we are parents to the children in the kingdom. And I think this is an area the whole church needs to grow in. We need to take care of the little ones. We need to teach them the fear of God. To be respectful. To give hugs. To greet. To have a fear of God. A fear of punishment at a a young age. So they can grow up and become disciples. They can grow up and already have the fear of God built into their system. I really want to challenge the church to go after teaching our children what it means to fear God. Just because it's not your child doesn't mean you can't help that child. Just because that child isn't in your region doesn't mean you can't help that child. Right? Uh, I think we as single, now this is for the singles and campus, we actually need to do a better job at looking after the children. When was the last time you babysit? When was the last time you, you, you took you know, the children out to the park? And I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you guys. I've rarely done that. And I see like, man, I've got to take care of the church. I've got to take care of the children. Are you with me, church? Yeah. I'll bring it to my last point. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Luke chapter 3. So the fear of God will help us to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Luke chapter 3. So we see Adam had a fear of God. At the beginning, he didn't need it. Everything was handy dandy. There was no shame. But when they broke the command, a fear came over Adam. And the fear of God started to produce in his life. And he was able to teach that to his children and teach this to us as it's in the Bible. Amen. Luke chapter 3, verse 2. During the high priesthood of Annas and Cepheus, I'm sorry, Cepheus, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance, forgiveness of sins. As it was written in the book 
of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation. So it's saying that Jesus is God's salvation. Verse 7, John said to the crowd coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. Oh, I'm a sold out disciple. Oh, I've made a disciple before. Oh, I lead a Bible talk. I lead a region. I lead this. I lead that. I'm getting married. I'm doing this. Yeah. For I tell you that out of these stones, God raised out of the... So, for I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe has been laid at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into, into the fire. And the church said, Amen. This is very convicting. This is very challenging. We know in John 15, if you don't bear any fruit, you'll be cut off. That's what John 15 says. With no fruit, you'll be cut off. Now, Luke 3, John says, if you produce bad fruit, you'll be cut off. Wow. So you can even do three things. Produce no fruit, produce bad fruit, or produce good fruit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No fruit, bad fruit, or good fruit. Yeah. This is scary, very convicting. Because I can produce fruit, yeah. and it's not good fruit. Wow. That even though... I may have a baptism, or I may do things. It may not be a good thing. It may be bad fruit, right? And John says, hey, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Okay, i got to produce fruit. But, the axe is at the feet. It's been laid. And if you don't produce good fruit, you'll be cut off. Wow. What fruit have you guys produced? Is there any fruit in your life? Maybe there is fruit. Has it been bad fruit? Maybe it's been good fruit. There's been quite a few good fruits in the East region. Amen. Which I'm actually fired up about it. You know, I'm so fired up about uh, Dara who was baptized at Women's Day. She's a great fruit. I'm so encouraged by Emmanuel, who, who was restored to God, yes. which is yeah. good fruit. Yeah. And then he baptized his cousin, Miguel, which is great fruit. Yeah. It's good fruit. Yeah. And you know, I'm so encouraged by Denzel and Tuli. They are getting married. They're going to become one. This is good fruit. Yeah. Going out on the all-night prayer is good fruit. Yeah. But as we learned before, when Jesus prayed, there was a time of testing and tempting. And tempting. Mm -hmm. There's going, going to be a time of testing and tempting in the East region. Mm -hmm. In order for there to be fruit. Mm -hmm. 
good fruit. Maybe you feel like you've already been tested. Well, let me tell you something. Persevere because the fruit is going to come. We just got to make sure it's good fruit. And I, I really want to challenge you guys. If you're, if you're not a disciple, if you're not a disciple, please, please start studying the Bible. Yes. Please go after bearing good fruit. If you're not a disciple, there's no fruit. If you think you can get by without being a disciple, that's bad fruit. Yes. Study the Bible because it will be good fruit for your soul. I plead with you. Amen. Or come back to God because it's good fruit. Wow. It's bad fruit when you, do, when you don't do the good you ought to do. Yes. It's sin. Bad fruit. But you can come back to God. We can come back to God together and produce good fruit. I really want to Put pressure on the church. I want to challenge every member of the church to have a personal Bible study by tonight. Set up a personal Bible study by tonight. You can do it. How many contacts do you have in your phone? Hundreds. You can easily send a mass text to two, three hundred people and at least one person be like, yeah, I like to study. One person might say, yeah, I'd like, I, I like to hang out. I'd like to come out. Do this. I believe. I, so how many people? There's, there's about 30, 38 uh, of us in this room. 37 of us. We should have 37 studies by tonight. Amen. That's the challenge. Let's have 30 studies by tonight so we can produce good fruit and have an amazing week. And to God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk. That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H.org.uk. And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals you can find all that on our website also once again we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one